0: In the name of the true and living God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated, won't you? Well, good morning. good morning. I'm overjoyed and humbled to be here today in this pulpit, thanks to the gracious invitation of your fine rector, who, by the way, I have extraordinary uh, affection for, and I consider myself to be one of his greatest fans, and he told me on the phone that he was going to be pastorally involved this weekend, and that meant that he was going to spend the majority of his weekend with about 18 youth in a lock-up overnight. Lock-in, lock-in, lock-out, in. Lock in, lock lock-in. Okay. Excuse me. See where I'm going. And so he said, uh, in his wisdom, maybe you might want to preach for me this Sunday. So that's why I'm here. And I'm very, as I said, overjoyed and humbled. Well, yesterday I learned something of stupendous insight. And that is, it was announced that the Oxford Dictionary Word of the Year is this word. Toxic! I mean, what a word. What does that say? A word for the year about our world and our culture. Toxic. And the Oxford Dictionary defines it as poisonous. And in its research, it shows that this year more than ever, people have been using the word toxic like a metaphor to describe their environments, a vast array of things, situations, concerns, events. People have reached for a word to describe their experience And they use the word toxic. Now, the good news for today is that there is another word, which I would clearly substitute for the word toxic. And that is the word "gaudete." In Latin, it means rejoice. This is Joy Sunday, as Pope Francis describes it, the third Sunday of Advent. The theme is always joy. All of the lessons speak to this reality in a profound way. Godete is taken from the entrance antiphon from the historic mask, which is rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice from our epistle today from Philippians. Godete. And we symbolize that by a pink candle on the Advent wreath, a rose, a pink candle, which reminds me of a story. In one of my previous parishes, I thought it would be appropriate in the Catholic tradition in which we were a part of, that on the third Sunday of Advent, when we used the color, rose or pink, that perhaps the vestry might like to purchase a vestment for me for that day, a pink rose vestment. I just thought that would be really, you know, really right on. So I showed up on Saturday before the third Sunday of Advent to do my work and went into the sacristy, and there, on the sacristy table, was a pink chasuble. But much to my horror, I was concerned about the color. It wasn't quite rose. And so, but not wanting to offend, I put on the chasuble and go out to say the Eucharist at the church on Sunday morning. And then afterwards, you know, I noticed that people were kind of snickering and looking at me rather kind of curiously wearing this chasuble. So I asked Nancy, my wife, how how it looked, you know, what she thought about it. And she said, You look like a bottle of (laughs) Pepto-Bismol. A, you know, kind of like a a jelly bean, a pink jelly bean. So I was deflated, and that was the last time I wore the pink jasmine. But the idea really is that we are joy challenged in our world today. We're joy challenged in our experiences I mean, so often I can find myself in that state. I'm not rejoicing. I'm complaining. I'm not praying enough. I'm worrying. I'm losing my peace. How can you rejoice in view of the vicissitudes and the toxicity of life around you? That's the challenge. Well, maybe we need to understand what joy is all about. Here's a definition that has really assisted and helped me. It's both biblical and it's also from a neuroscience human brain perspective, and that is this. Joy is, above all things, relational. In other words, we experience joy when we discover that someone is glad to be with us. That's the experience of joy. We are in a situation in which someone is delighted and glad to be with us and we with them. It's relational. It's a dynamic relational experience of being glad to be together. It's amplified, in other words, by being with people who delight in you. High joy, in other words. You can just think about those moments in your life where you've experienced high joy or even just a modicum of joy. It's usually because you are with people who are delighting in you. That is quite an insight And here's the main point of my homily today. Joy changes everything. Because God is rejoicing and glad to be with you. God is glad to be with you. He's rejoicing over you. And we need to see that God is with us in this way. The words from Zephaniah in the third chapter God is singing a song over you. God is rejoicing over you. God is in the midst of you. God is glad to be with you, to deliver you, to be with you and help you. That is a profound idea. And then Paul, in this explicit word of encouragement and indeed a command, says rejoice in the Lord always, at all times, in every experience. Rejoice. Why? He says the Lord is near you. That is to say, spatially and temporally. Not only is he near you in coming, in his final coming, but he is with you now in every experience of your life. Indeed, if you are a Christian, a follower of Jesus, the reality is that he indwells you. He's that near. And So Paul is not trying to be insensitive to the fact that we suffer Or that we experience difficult challenges and times. He's trying to say, you must understand that there's a greater reality. Something greater is happening in you. It's deeper than your circumstances. And that is that the Lord, his very presence, his gladness, his joy is to be with you. I don't know how joy challenged you might be. I mean, usually this time of year, we start to get joy challenged. (laughs) And, you know, it's kind of like the collect says, we are sorely hindered by our sins. I used to say to people, why don't you try that when somebody asks you how you're doing, say, I'm sorely hindered. <laughs> and see what response you get. So anyway, listen again to these words. This is from the Old Testament, Zephaniah. Fear not, O Zion, net, not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst. He's here. Right now, a mighty one who will save, he will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Now, I don't know what kind of God you, you consider to be your God. But I learned something from Dallas Willard, who was one of my professors. He was a professor of philosophy at the University of Southern California and a writer of spiritual Direction and formation, which is just profound. Listen to what he says. I've got to let this quote come because it's really definitive. He says, God leads a very interesting life. He is full of joy. Undoubtedly, he's the most joyous being in the universe. The abundance of love and generosity is inseparable from his infinite joy. All the good and beautiful things from which we occasionally drink tiny droplets... God consciously experiences them in all their breadth and depth and richness all the time. Do you have confidence that God is the most joyful being in the universe? And if you have trouble with that idea, then the question is, well, is your God gloomy? And that's unfortunate if you think that. We need to see God, that he's with us in all circumstances. Well, what does it take? Well, I think, again, it's a matter of perception. To be aware of his presence, to be aware of his goodness, to be aware that he's there to hold you in the midst of the vicissitudes and difficulties and struggles of your life, that they are not the greatest reality to you. The greatest reality is joy. God is somebody who delights to be with you. And God wants us to want him. That's the good news. So brothers and sisters, the fondness, the endearment, the unstintingly affectionate regard of God towards you is real. Joy is not a passing sensation but a pervasive sense of well-being. It's infused with hope in the goodness of God. The goodness of God. God is happy to be with you. Amen.